1: Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate.
0: No birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer with you. Talking birds, Elliot, but not a lot of birds to talk about right now. But we're kind of in the, I think, like the last whatever, since the end of this season, it is by far the deadest time we have had yet, my friend. Definitely.
1: Now, training camp actually isn't that far away. Thank goodness, which is wild, Elliot. Because, Thank goodness. Yeah. Bring me training camp. Feel- it feels like it should be far away, but it's really not. I mean, it's basically a month. I think they're going to, today's the uh, 16th or today's actually the 17th. No, you're right.
0: It's the 16th. You're right the first it's time. It's the 16th. Okay. Yeah. But but, um, but actually report- you're right. When, when people hear this, it will probably be the 17th. So you know, like, that's what I was you trying to do. <laughs> but you I just ruined it. Um, My bad. Elliot was being Elliot was being a pro, yeah. and I was being the wait a minute guy. And I apologize, everybody. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm the sorry. radio guy. You I, ru- know? I ruined it's the bad. illusion. Like it's gone now. The theater of the mind. It's over, Elliot.
1: But they report to training camp. I believe around July 28, so it's just roughly about a month away. And then I was actually thinking about this. I, do you think Nick Sirianni is going to practice with another team? Um, I look, I think if, if teams are doing it, you know, I, I assume with, with teams are definitely doing it.
0: Then, yeah, I've seen I, I would assume I, I guess you could argue like for this year only, maybe not because you want to keep everything as close to the vest as you can. Theoretically, maybe, but uh, he seems like the kind of guy who would want to. Hey, how about this? Why don't you get your buddy Frank and Carson to come back to- How about that, Elliot? Are we practice with the
1: Colts, baby? Ho, ho, buddy. Just Talk just contact. I, I was done tracking Carson Wentz training <laughs> camp and me back in. Um, so, I think that the advantage of doing it would be the obvious competition aspect of it. We all know, in case you haven't heard, Nick Sirianni does love competition. What? I think it'd be good to see that. Hold the, on. It'd be good I to should hit this.
0: the breaking news sounder, everybody, just in case you didn't know.
1: Nick Sirianni likes to compete. Yeah. But um, I think that'd be good. But I guess the counter to it would be, this is his first training camp. You know, he did run some version of OTA practices over the last few weeks, but this will be his first time leading the team like every day pads, all that stuff. So I I think it'd be fun. Like the times where I've seen the team compete in training camp against another team, like it's a great chance to look at the team. I think you get a lot of really good work done, but I think because he is an inexperienced coach, I could see going against it. Now the question is, who would you go against? Because I believe the preseason opponents are Pittsburgh New England and the Jets, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I believe so, yes. Pittsburgh
1: might be a little tough. I don't know if, I mean, the Jets, I would gladly practice against them. I think they'll be really bad. So I feel like that could be good for morale if you practice against the Jets. But I don't know. It'd just be interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm just thinking about training camp, thinking about what it's going to be like. And it would be cool if they practice against another team.
0: Yeah, I think it would be, too. You know, it's fun. It adds a little intrigue and excitement to it all and, you know, more quotes, more, more stuff, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with it. I don't have anything against it. So uh, we'll see. I I think it would make sense with Sirianni's, you know, the way he goes about his things, like you said, the competition, he seems like an inclusive kind of guy, you know, I, I, I I think that, look, if clearly NFL teams feel like there is some value to it or else they obviously wouldn't do it. Right. And if there's value to it, I think Sirianni is the kind of guy who's going to see the value. In it, if you know what I well, mean. Well, I
1: remember in uh in 2017 training camp, the Dolphins came to Philly. Uh, so this was after Carson's rookie year, and he just obliterated them for like three straight days. I mean, he was unbelievable. And I remember that was when I first started to think like, all right, this guy definitely took a big step forward from last year. He's gonna be really good. Then obviously, we know what happened. So I, I think it can be a really good indication of where you are as a team, as opposed to just practicing against the same people every single day, right? And tra- and also preseason games aren't that real anymore for the starters. So I think it's a good chance to get the starters real work.
0: Yeah. And another point, I, I think that's interesting that you made in there too, is, is, Maybe something exciting for the players that gets them more into it, right? I mean, any little yep. thing you can do to get them more into practice, more into doing what they're doing, is, is probably a good thing. So I'm with you. I think it's a fascinating thought.
1: Uh, speaking so official, of, Go Birds stance: we are down for the joint training. Yes, camp Yes, official,
0: Go bird Glad stance. Glad we got that sorted out. We are. What well, was important? It was important. Yes. Now exactly. speaking, speaking of training camps, how about this for a segue? How about this for for who's the pro? A guy who will do be it. at training camp playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nicky mm. Mullins, how about it? The news, the only news. And we're going to get into, in a, in a couple minutes, I want to get into some swing players for the Eagles. Guys we haven't talked about a ton. Or guys who maybe, if they can show you something or whatever, could really swing things for the Eagles. But but Nick Mullins, I think, the, really the only news to react to. What did you think of the the third man in the quarterback room? We kind of, you know, Jamie Jamie Newman gets cut. We're like, ah, oh, what are they doing? A quarterback's coming it's our old friend. Throw the ball to Alex Singleton, Nick Mullins.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think it's so dumb. I'm just, <laughs> I just, it's like dumb and annoying. That's my my main takeaway. Like, come on, Nick Mullins. That that's what they're doing with the third quarterback spot. The Joe Flacco move, I understood a little bit. Like, veteran guy can help Jalen Hurts. Presumably, we think like maybe if they, you know, if they are you know, nine and whatever towards the end of the season, you have to win a game. He at least has experience. Like, I could get that. But if you get to the third quarterback spot, like, at that point, the Eagles need to lose games. Like, if they get to the third quarterback spot, they should be trying to lose. Now, maybe Nick Mullins helps them with that. But why, I just don't get, like, are you going to develop him to be the long-term backup? I guess that would be one potential positive. I just think it makes way more sense to use that spot on an undrafted rookie. And I know they tried to do that with Jamie Newman. Clearly, he just wasn't very good, or they just very much misevaluated him. Because to cut him already is certainly extreme. But there has to be somebody else out there you can bring in than Nick Mullen, too. I'm not saying we know what he is for sure, but he's been bad, right? He's had games where he's looked okay. But for the most part, he's 5-11, and 11, I believe as a starter his stats are not good we saw him play against Eagles last year he was absolutely terrible like I just I don't know I think it's annoying I, I'm not a fan <laughs> strong take I like it uh yeah, I it was, like I, it was, as soon as I saw the move I was like this is so dumb
0: I I um, love how fired up you get about the uh, third quarterback this is uh it's your real one as you like to say mid-June.
1: it's mid-June you know I gotta find <laughs> something to get work all right about. so here
0: are my thoughts and I for the most part am, am mostly in line with you in the sense of for that spot I would rather have someone who has a future, right? Like someone who like you never yeah. know, maybe they can turn into a real asset for you. Uh, either an asset for you or who knows? You know, maybe they turn into something special. Like you never know at least. Um so I'm with you in that like my thing when I look at this is I wish Nick Mullins were just the backup for way cheaper. Like, the Joe Flacco mm-hmm. thing, as we've talked about many times, made zero sense to me. Like, I don't want to see Joe Flacco on the field for deals ever at any point. As we've talked about a million times, I'd rather lose with Jalen Hurts than win with Joe Flacco. And if Hurts goes down, I'm not saying, like, I'm rooting against him, but I want him to lose. Like, I want a higher draft pick if Hurts goes down. I want all the advantages you can have moving into 2022. Because in my mind, 2021 is lost if Hurts goes down. So, for an extended Absolutely. period of time. So, so... Why not just get Nick Mullins to be the backup for for no money, and you save money, and you have this whole Joe Flacco thing, and this whole stupid competition thing, and all that stuff? Like you avoid all of it. So I actually like Nick Mullins in and of itself as a backup quarterback for the Eagles, but not the way they're doing it. So my I'm with you. I think it's stupid in this situation. I just wish they had paid Nick Mullins whatever it is eight hundred thousand dollars, a million, whatever he gets, and not done this stupid Joe Flacco thing. Like, who needs Joe Flacco here? He's not even gonna, he's already made it clear, like, this is not the guy you bring in to help Jalen Hurts along. Like, he's, Look, I but mean, where
1: where I disagree with you on is and again, this comes back to the core of the entire offseason which is I think they'll be better than you do. Sure. So, I just think, you but know, you agree with I me agree. on the on the I would uh, not bench Jalen Hurts under any circumstances. Exactly. Here.
0: So, so if you're like, there, like no what's sir. what's the point of Flacco? Like what's the point of And again, like well, a guy who has in multiple stops now made it clear to those teams in Denver and Baltimore like I'm not a quarterback developer. I'm not your guy who's here to help your young quarterback along. Like, that's not my thing. Like, that's Joe Flacco. Like, why would you get that guy? It makes no sense to me. And now, after the Nick Mullins thing, it makes less sense.
1: So the reason reason I think it does make sense is because if they are better than a lot of people think, and like I said, it's the end of the year. Jalen Hurts gets hurt for a half or whatever. Like, then maybe you bring him in. Now, the argument would be you would rather just lose, but— you know that's a that's a debate for. And a different also, decade.
0: like, how much better is Joe Flacco than Nick Mullins? Nick Mullins isn't great, but is he that much well, worse? I think
1: he's better. I, think he's I
0: better. mean, re- well, I know he's old. I know Flacco's he's old. old so. And look, Nick Mullins, I agree, is not good, but he has had good games in the NFL as a starter. So like, fast. remember so you remember fast. all those all those stats going into to the game last yep. year? Like, oh, Patrick Mullins and Nick Mullins, the only two quarterbacks to ever do this and all that stuff. So, and I agree, those were stupid in the moment, and we knew it. But still, like, what's Joe Flacco now? Like, is he that much better than Nick Mullins that it's worth the millions of dollars and the you know weird fit?
1: So I agree. I would I would rather have either Nick Mullins or Joe Flacco. Okay. Like having both is silly to me. Oh, great. Um, we're both you, we're both on that want- page. Yeah, and if if you said to me would you rather have Nick Mullins for 800,000 or Joe Flacco on a two-year whatever it was, two-year 3 million or whatever it ended up being, you could talk me to Mullins. Like I really wouldn't care. I would think I you think
0: would be true. on that side. I mean, going into the offseason that was kind of what you hope they do. You know, you hope they just yeah, sign so someone I, cheap and and not, you know, and move forward with
1: hurts. Right. I just consider Flacco cheap. So to me, the money is not as big of a deal. Now it's more money, right? So you could talk, like I said, you could talk me into it. But are you ready for the overreaction to the Nick Mullen signing? (laughs) Because I, I my second thought, like, so I said, the first one when I saw it was, this is dumb and annoying.
0: Can't wait for this. I cannot
1: wait for this next one. So this is a quarterback room for Deshaun Watson. This is not a quarterback room for Jalen Hurts.
0: Oh, that's my wow, biggest. buddy, that is all right. explain because that you're right. that is that is a leap. And look, not a crazy one. I think any Eagles fan who has been following this whole thing and paying attention to signs and all that, thinks that what, you know, and obviously it's a precarious situation. We don't know what's going to happen, but the Eagles are definitely interested in Deshaun Watson and have been interested in Deshaun Watson. All you have to do is yes. read the tea leaves to know that. So it's not a crazy thing. What made you say that after the Nick Mullins signing? I'm
1: very intrigued. Because to me, Nick Mullins, although again, I think it's a dumb signing and I don't like it. He's probably the best third quarterback in the league. Like, and Joe Flacco is a quarterback you sign, is more of a win now quarterback. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Now, we don't think he's good, but he certainly is not a developmental Curry. quarterback. Yeah, right? He's not a win now quarterback. Of course. And we believe in Jalen Hurts. Like, I would say we're <laughs> more than, more like than most. podcasters. Yeah. yeah, we're like, we're carrying the Jalen Hurts flag, right? But he's not really a win now quarterback in that way. And so it just seems weird to me that your starter would be Jalen Hurts and then your backups would be Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins. And again, it's mid June. When when I have too much time to think, that's not always a great thing. Like I could be overthinking this, but it just seems to me like it's a weird quarterback room. And I think the weird it, it makes a lot more sense if you have Deshaun Watson at the top and you have a guy that like you're you're all in on trying to win with. So so again, probably a leap, but that was just my thought. It's like what what are, Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins as a backup to Jalen Hurts? Like how weird is that?
0: Yeah, I, so it is a leap. I agree, but. I I think it, it's logical. It makes sense. You're not saying that, that they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson because of this, but I do think it, I agree with the the premise of what you're saying. Like this quarterback room makes a lot more sense for Deshaun Watson than Jalen Hurts, even from a style perspective. I mean, yeah, Deshaun Watson can run, but he's not a running quarterback. You know, he's much more of a drop back guy than, than Hurts is right. viewed as I know Hurts will be drop back as well, but Jalen Hurts is a runner. Like that's a big part of who he is as a quarterback. And, Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins aren't. Like that, that alone yeah. is a weird fit. You would think, right? You would think logically that you want a backup quarterback who can not necessarily mimic what your starter does, but at least do similar things. We saw it in the in the playoff game when Carson Wentz goes down and then they bring McCounty, he tears his hamstring, and he can't run the offense the way that the offense is supposed to be run. But, like that, I'm with you, Al. It is a weird group from a
1: skills perspective. Can you imagine if a year ago prior to the draft, I told you the Eagles quarterback room heading into 2021 uh, <laughs> would
0: be Jalen Hurts,
1: Joe Flacco, and Nick Mullins. I would have told
0: you you are crazy. Like, whatever. It's di- saying. Elliot, I would have made so much fun of you. And, and you would have yeah. been able to laugh at me back. So,
1: yeah, so, it's, it's a curiosity, weird curiosity, what would you put the percentage at that they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson before the start of the season? <sighs> It's an outstanding
0: question because you really have to weigh in. Like, is he playing this season? Like, how is this all going to get sorted out? What's going to happen? Um, I'll go with twenty uh, percent.
1: Okay, so I'm exactly double you. I'm at forty. percent Okay, and look, I thought about thirty,
0: and I was like, eh. I think with all the factors, it's a little too high. But look, both of these are are high. I mean, I'm saying there's a one in yeah. five chance. You're saying there's a a, a two in five it, chance essentially. There you, you go. You know, look there at math. Quick math. Um, <laughs> I was like, double it. Yeah, got it. Uh, that, you know, I mean, that's, that's big. I mean, that's a, that's a, a real thing. And I, I do think it's real. I think that's the point is, is whatever else. And I, and again, we don't know what's happening. It's pretty interesting how quiet it's been with that situation after that yeah. initial flurry and all these names coming out and Tony Busby and Rusty Harden. We felt like we were hearing those names every single day. Like, what, has it been like a month since we've heard anything, Elliot? It's interesting. Yeah. I mean,
1: at, I- Adam Schefter was on ESPN recently talking about it. And I get I guess that also the Texans GM or president or whoever was, was saying that they have, they're going to resolve the situation soon. And Schefter made it sound like, yeah, that, that is what's going to happen. So I think at this point, Deshaun's only not an Eagle if another team outbids him. Like, I don't think the Eagles are not going to be in on it. I think they'll make an offer and I think it'll be an aggressive offer, but I just don't know who outbids him at this point. Like Well, yeah, especially after this
0: offseason, right? If you had said before they traded, and I still think they could trade for him. Just because you trade for Sam Darnold doesn't mean that you're not going to trade for Deshaun Watson. But everything you've heard about David Tepper is that that guy's insane about getting a franchise quarterback and he'll do whatever it takes and he's willing to pay whatever it takes and all that stuff. Um, And they didn't give up that much for Darnold where they they still have their first-round picks. They could still put together a package. So I think they're a team to watch. Denver, I agree, is a team to watch, though I don't think they would... Rush it! I think uh, you know the, the, what's his name. Peyton just got a six-year pa- and Peyton just got a six-year deal there, like to be their GM. He's got time to figure it out. Um, so, I, look, I, I think let's. Put, I agree with your initial statement. If Deshaun Watson gets traded, I would personally right now put the Eagles as the favorite to get him, based on what they have yeah. and the motivation.
1: Well, the other interesting part is the team you didn't mention that I think makes the most sense for him, just in terms of where they're at. Is Washington? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I mean, and we we agree Washington's a quarterback away. Right?
0: Yeah, and, so. and and I'm I'm sure they are are interested in in a quarterback like that. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a right. a, a one year stopgap type thing.
1: I mean, if I was Washington, I would. I'm not that in on Deshaun Watson personally, but if I was Washington, I would offer up like two first round picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a team that that you would think if they have a top five quarterback, they could win the Super Bowl this year for sure.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean they have all the other parts of it. Exactly. So I'd be in on Washington, but but that's the other part. So let's say you're the Eagles and we've gone down a rabbit hole we didn't mean to go down. To yeah, it, it's actually
0: funny because we were like, Oh, we'll talk about Nick Mullins for like a minute or two and then we'll get into our topic. And now we're like seventeen minutes in talking about this. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, so what happens? All right, let's say you're yeah, it's mid June. So let's <laughs> no. say you're Howie Roseman. Okay. You're on the phone with the Texans. Okay. And they say to you, Look, we are going to trade him to Washington. Like we're doing it. But I'm going to give you one more offer, and you know that if your offer is not good and they don't take it, he's going to Washington. What would your offer be, and would you up your offer simply to keep him from Washington? So uh,
0: this is, again, assuming that he's not a horrible monster person. Yes, take away all the offers. Uh,
1: He's not going to be in legal trouble. Obviously, the stuff still happens. You yeah. Take that so into yeah. All right. So like you know he's here's be able what to I'm going to try.
0: I'm going to try and do it from an Eagles perspective and not let my own personal feelings about this whole thing right. cloud it. Um. Yeah. I would give up. I would offer three first round picks if I'm the Eagles. If you know. If you know. If you know that there are going to be no issues from a a not being able to play standpoint, and you think that he is. This is, and you believe that. From an image perspective and all that, that this is you know, something that that either maybe not is, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, that part of it is so hard. Yeah, that part of it is so hard to gauge. But if the Eagles, from the Eagles perspective, if they're all right with all that stuff of it, then yeah, I think you have to, I think you have to beat Washington to him, right?
1: So I wouldn't do it. I, I want to give Jalen Hurts a year. And I know you're in that camp too. And I this am. is, I, I don't am. want to paint you in the corner. No, that. I am. But like, him going to Washington would not make me change my plan. Like, of course it would make me think, you know, not ideal because he's going to be in the division. They're already really good. Like if they're the team that takes a chance on him after this all goes through, like maybe he wants to stay there for really a long time. Like it could obviously be a problem, but I would still take my chance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up two or two or three first round picks just to keep him from Washington. Yeah. And again, I, even I, though I have Nick Mullins,
0: yeah i know well you got nick so you're good is the point yeah, um, good to go. Yeah, yeah i uh I, i'm torn on it uh, ultimately i think they would do it though you know what i mean
1: i think they would too oh 100 yeah. yeah. i think they would do it yeah, yeah
0: as we've all talked about i mean they you and i seem to like jalen hurts a lot more than the philadelphia eagles do which is a you know conundrum
1: yeah friend. well we know football so we'll see you're if the damn eagles right know. we're football guys we yes. or, or we Quarterback should, gurus. we
0: should say we know ball you know, that, 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 that is what
1: the cool kids say. The, James. So the, that, was, that was nicely done a, by you.
0: Buzzword, buddy. Buzzword. All right. Yeah, uh, there you go. All right. Coming up in a sec, we're going to get into Elliot's five swing players for the Eagles this season. But first, let me remind you, you should download the Parksino Sportsbook app. Elliot and I have been having such a blast. Uh, these basketball playoffs, and we're going to get into it. Check out our, our Parks Picks pod, which is up in the feed. Um, as you're listening to this, we dive into all the... Elliot, this is one of the craziest days as we're recording this now. One of the craziest days in like NBA news that I remember. Today we're finding out that Chris Paul has COVID. Kawhi has an ACL injury. and might be out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, like this, that. Then, of course, there's the all this stuff going on. The point is it's so much fun to use this app and bet on all these games. There's so many different
1: factors going in. It's just, Elliot, it's been a blast. We've been having so much fun. Well, two days ago, my futures bets were looking amazing. And now, let's just say they're not looking. <laughs> yeah, that anymore. that uh, Phoenix futures
0: bet not quite as good as yeah. you felt. Yeah, honestly,
1: I think he's going to play. I think so too.
0: They, they should re- it's been, it's no they should hope for seven and give him a little extra time and all that. But I agree with you. I think he'll end up playing. Either way, Elliot, like I can't tell you how much more fun these games have been having action on it. Like I always watch the basketball playoffs. I mean, Elliot and I work in sports. We love sports. Obviously, we will probably watch these games no matter what. But. When you've got a little action on it, all of a sudden, it's like you're watching a Philly game. Like, not maybe not quite the level, but
1: it's pretty damn close, Elliot. So, last night, uh, the Brooklyn game was on, and I had already lost my bet, so I was out of it. But I stayed up and watched the whole thing because I was like, I know you're not up watching and I know that you had still had the potential. I did. So this is an example of where I would have gone to sleep otherwise, but the money kept me up. My dude. Not even my money, your money.
0: My money. And I did win. Shout out to yeah. that. And you
1: did win. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Brooklyn. Came through for me. Um, but yeah, it's just... It's so much fun, and uh, it's just a a fun way to be involved, and you can do anything with the app. You can bet on, as Elliot's been talking about, like individual player performances. Of course, you can bet on the games themselves. You can bet on futures. Who's going to win it all? Uh, In-game betting, which is crazy and intense, and I did bet on Brooklyn in-game last night. and won a little extra money. I doubled doubled down, down. and that was a beautiful thing, and you could do it too. Just download the app, Uh, and again, here's the deal. If you do, we got a sweet deal for you. If you sign up now, you get a free bet of up to $500. $500 $500 risk-free bet. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code Birds. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss of free bet. As always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Give them a problem called 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: All right, Elliot. And if, really quick, if you do do that, and you do the risk-free bet using our code, DM me and let, let me know what the bet is, because I'd be very interested to see yeah, how Yeah, we how will be
0: rooting about. for you so hard. Like, did, let yes. us know what you did. Let us know the bet, and we will be locked in like it. Elliot just said, he was on my bet. He'll be on your bet. We'll be on your bet together. No,
1: absolutely.
0: We'll yeah. probably even throw a few bucks of our own on yeah, your we'll, bet. go on
1: the ride with you. We'll exactly. Go on the ride we, with will you. we will join you
0: on the ride. For us. I love that. Yeah. Let us know. Show us you use the code. We will bet your bet in whatever it is. Obviously, Maybe not 500 because Elliot and I've already used our, our, our promo stuff yes, and all that. Yeah, but I can tell you definitely not. Yeah, but we'll get him get throw some action on it so we can enjoy the ride together. All right, Elliot, five swing players for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start it off. The floor is yours. Who is the first swing player in terms of, of the the guys who could kind of swing the season if they give you something if they show up whatever. Lay it on me.
1: So I took Jalen Hurts out of this because obviously he's a swing player, right? Like if he's really good, the team's going to be really good. If he's not, they're not. So that felt obvious to me. When you called me and told me about this idea, which I liked, I was like, I'm not going to include Jalen Hurts. So let me just take that off the top. Yeah, so people are wondering why. yeah
0: we're we're, we're mostly, you know, going with uh, maybe, maybe not World the players. obvious ones. Yeah, and guys, maybe we won't talk yeah. about all the time, kind of get a, a different perspective on some guys.
1: All right, so the first one is, and I'm slowly planting my flag on his island, even Uh-oh. though I know I should not. Uh oh, it's JJ. Like
0: I told JJ. you not to. For those who are I wondering, know. I said Elliot, don't plant your flag here. Go ahead, plant your flag.
1: Well, so he to me is a swing player in the way that I think I know what I'm gonna get out of Devontae Smith. Like Jalen Rager, you could also cla- you could also classify as this guy, but I don't know. I don't think there's a much greater chance that. Rager has a bigger year than J.J. white Whiteside. I mean, neither has done anything really, right? I know Rager's done a little bit more. But neither has shown they can be impact players. So you're basically tossing it up at that at this point. What the Eagles do need though, they need a bigger receiver on the outside. They can't line up. I mean, prior to drafting Devontae Smith, something me and Ike Reese used to debate about was he said drafting Smith just like makes you a small offense. Even though he's just one player, you know, like he's small. Jalen Hurts isn't exactly tall, though he's on the thicker side. Miles Sanders is not a uh is not a big back Like all those things Which is true That they are a smaller offense J.J. Arcega-Whiteside At least is big he, he can be physical I would hope Considering he is big um, So if he can take A big leap forward And be a contributing player I really like the duo Of him and Devontae Smith And I think it takes offense To the next level So if it's week 14-15 And I'm looking And the Eagles offense Is averaging You know 28 points a game or Whatever And you know Everything's going well I think Arcega-Whiteside Will have been a player That panned out
0: Look, uh, it, it's logical. It makes sense. And I hate it. I, I just can't go there. But no, I get, you know. yeah, I get I it. Look, I do think, look, whether it's him or Fulgham, someone's going to win that job. Right. One of those two guys. And, and your argument that J.J. was a second round pick and Fulgham wasn't even drafted by the Eagles is sadly a good argument for why J.J. might win that job. But, uh, look, one of those two guys will be on the field a lot and have an opportunity, and would it be the – as I've talked about before, I mean, we've seen the list of wide receivers who it took three, four years for them to figure it out and, and be better or good or whatever in the NFL is incredibly long. Like, a lot of times wide receivers don't get it right away. And the Nick Sirianni part, all that. Like, there is a logical argument. I just – what I've seen from him, like, I can't, I can't get there – but I'm not going to say it's crazy. Like, there is logic behind it. I just can't go
1: there myself. So if you had to rank Reger, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Travis Fulgham in your confidence level that they will have a big year next year, how would you rank them? Oh,
0: wow, what a Sophie's choice, Elliot. Really, you're really <laughs> making me choose here. I would go um, – I would go <sighs> – Rager, Fulgham, JJ. But again, I I agree with you that it's is there it's a very big difference no, between the three? It, no, it's very okay. I, very very close. Rager, I will still say, even though I didn't like what I saw from Rager last year, I will still say Rager definitely number one for me on on potential. But again, it's not close, and I wouldn't be shocked if all three sucked, and I wouldn't be shocked if one of the three was better. I, like I I nothing will surprise me with those three. I mean, unless they're like, if they're they're amazing, it would surprise me. I don't think any's going to be amazing, but otherwise, I don't think I'd be surprised.
1: So I think JJ and Reg are pretty close for me. And then I would say, not like a huge dip, but I would say there's a difference for me between those two and Fogel.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's fair. Like, look, uh, you know, uh, the only way I would push back on that is. You know, the only guy of the three who has had a real stretch of of success in the NFL is Travis Fulgham. So that's what makes it a really interesting question.
1: Yeah. And hopefully, look, for the Eagles, they need one of them to be really good. Like they, without question, one of them has to be really good. If all three are bad this year, then the team's probably not going to be very good.
0: Concur. Who's second? Who's second?
1: Okay, so this one's a bit of a bigger name, but I do think he is a big swing player because one thing I've said consistently this offseason is I believe the Eagles will be better because I think their lines are going to be good. And I think it can happen without this guy, but this guy can really take their defensive line to the next level. For me, it's Derek Barnett. Um, big contract year. He has to have a big year just for himself financially. But I just think the Eagles, they doubled down on him. They brought him back on that $10 million. $10 million. I feel confident that I know what I'm going to get out of Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, and and Brandon Graham. Maybe none of them give me that elite level play, but at least I'm confident they'll all give me good play all season. I don't know if I can say that out of Barnett. Barnett's been very up and down, but if he can come in, cut down on the bad penalties, he has shown he can rush the passer in spurts. If he can just be a little more consistent, if he can stay healthy, you have then another end and, you know, you have Sweat and Kerrigan behind him. But he can be the difference, I think, between the Eagles' defensive line, you know, just being, like, good and being, like, dominant.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great one. And um, also someone who, you know, look, we know uh, – has potential, was a first-round pick, and and has flashed. He has shown flashes. He needs to get rid of the bonehead stuff, and he needs to stay on the field. But I agree with you. Derek Burnett is someone who, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden he's got you like an eight-sack season and he's a real contributor for this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still young, too. I hate the whole, like, oh, he's only 24. But it's you know it's true in this case. Like, he was a very young rookie. So even though he's now entering his fifth year, he's not old in terms of, like, football years. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good one. Who's next? All right. Well, first, let me say I'm glad you agree. I do. Was... I do. Yeah. I, I, I like All that one. I think that's a good one. All right. Third one Anthony Harris. I think when you look I, so just Eagles... real
0: quick, real quick, real quick, I just want to say that when I came up with this idea and I said, Elliot, pick your five or whatever, if you could have given me one guess for a player who would be on the five, I would have said Anthony Harris. I, I just, now, I, I know you on love on your him. five? No, on you your five, five. I would have guessed on your, like, if you said, all right, here are my five. Try and guess just one. I would say Anthony Harris. Because I know how big you are on Anthony Harris and what kind of swing player you think you could
1: be. Yeah, because when you look at the secondary, obviously Slay, you, you hope you know what you're going to get out of him if he doesn't take a step back. But Harris... I mean, Harris was arguably the best safety in the league two years ago, or at least certainly in the conversation. Like, he was a franchise safety, was something you don't really do often to safety, to safety is the fact that McLeod is hurt you're going to need someone in that uh, safety group to step up. And not just that, like he can help with the second cornerback spot. Like if he's playing really well, you can shadow him over towards the second corner. If that guy is struggling, you can let Slay be on more of an Island. Obviously if that's, if they're playing man, I think they might play somewhat zone, but Anthony Harris is a guy. I think you can move up in the box. People got mad at me. Cause I said, you can use him like they did Malcolm, but I think you can. Like, I think he's good enough to go up and play man coverage. I think he can play deep safety. I don't know if he's as strong of a tackler, I guess, as as, Ma- as Malcolm was, but I think he could do some of that stuff. So, look, like having a Malcolm Jenkins, I don't want to say 2.0, but someone that can do that type of stuff can really help the defense. So, I think, again, for one year's $5 million, I think he's an absolute steal. But I think he, if he turns into the guy he was in 2019 and not 2020, I mean, the Eagles could have like a top eight defense. So I, I think he's huge for
0: them. Yeah, again, I I, I think it's a stretch, but I, I get it. Uh the top eight defense, but it's certainly possible, especially look, and we'll get to the the cornerback at the end of the show, but um, you know, they still need to fill that spot. But I look, I think Anthony Harris was a as we talked about at the time, I think he's a great signing for five million dollars. You know, I, I my only issue was I would have rather they signed him to a two year deal, and I'm sure he didn't want that. So yeah. I uh I, I think Anthony Harris is gonna be a, a really good football player for this team. Him having a bad 2020 makes a lot of sense to me because 2020 was a weird freaking year. So,
1: not uh, a great year. No, I would say no.
0: So, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to say the worst, Elliot. Um, Yeah. I, 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 Anthony Harris is a guy I'm excited to watch play football for
1: you. All right. Next one is a cornerback. And I, I feel like I had to pick a cornerback. I agree with you. I,
0: I, I'm happy you did because, because. Do
1: you want to guess who it is? (sighs) I'd be surprised if you got it.
0: So, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's not Avante Maddox. Um, I'm going to go with uh,
1: Michael Jaquette. Mm, that's a good one. Not who I picked. Oh! So Zach McPherson. Uh, so that was going to be my McPherson. other guess. I didn't know if you'd go with the
0: rookie. I was cho- choosing between those two for what it's worth.
1: Well, the reason I picked him is because I think they have expectations for him. Like they drafted him, I think, to play. And if he can step in and play well, then like they don't need a second corner as much, right? Because you can have Avante Maddox at nickel. You have Josiah Scott as somebody that can be a quality backup there, in my opinion, or at least a, a backup. So the second cornerback spot's really what they need. Obviously, we've talked about that at length. But I think Zach McPherson, if he has a strong start to camp and if he turns into a guy that can contribute right away, and let's be honest, like the bar is not that high. The cornerback play they got opposite Slay was terrible last year. So if he can even just come in and be – a C, C plus cornerback, that'll be huge for them. Because again, if Anthony Harris has a big year for you, if Darius Slay's playing well, the defensive line, I think will be good. Like the second cornerback spot's really the only spot where you can say, okay, they have a major weakness there. So if he can just fill it like half full his rookie year, that would be huge for them.
0: Yeah, I, obviously it would be. I think he's a massive swing player, especially if they are expecting him to be able to do that and asking him to do that right off the jump. I don't expect him to succeed, and again, maybe he surprises, but I think he's a massive swing player, and and I think that position, whatever they do with it, and we'll we'll get into the, the Steven Nelson thing later, just at the end of the pod quickly, but whatever they do with it, that position feels like, to your point, the, the biggest hole on the team, or like obvious hole on the team right now, and thus the biggest swing factor, however they decide to fill it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, so the last one I had on the list was Eric Wilson, the linebacker. Now I feel like it's a bit of a cop out to say Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson because mm-hmm. they're both signings, right? mm-hmm. But like, but well, first of all, I'm excited to hear your five after this. No, oh, I didn't. But... <laughs> I, I didn't do five. I just had your five. No, know, yeah, okay. All right, good. 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 Uh, oh, that was so, a shot. Thank you.
0: That was good. It was, yeah, it was a little
1: little. That was little, good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so Eric Wilson, to me. I think like they don't need stellar linebacker play but if you could just get one linebacker that's not a liability that can be somewhat of a playmaker for you that would be huge as well like you look at last year I thought Nate Gary was fans were a little harsh on him, but like, obviously he was not a playmaking linebacker. Like TJ Edwards has been fine at points, but they just, they haven't had linebackers that like they make plays. You go, wow, like, like that changed the game or like what a difference like that was, or even just like impressive plays. So I think Eric Wilson, he was that in Minnesota last year. He's only done it for one year. We'll see if he can do it on a more consistent basis. But you only need one good linebacker. If you just have one good linebacker, like, you can get by with that because then you can play more guys in the secondary, like, all those type of things. And Eric Wilson, to me, if he can just be the player he was in Minnesota last year, it's a huge upgrade for the defense. And again, like, you said you didn't think they could be a top-eight defense. I know this is as talking about the positives of swing players. We're looking at the best-case scenario. But I think they have, like, if Anthony Harris plays really well, if Eric Wilson is what he was last year, like, they they have the makings of a very good defense.
0: Yeah, look, I get it. I I think you also, when you're talking about this stuff, you only look at the starters and don't think about the depth as much. And we have seen the last few years that injuries happen, and they happen to the Eagles a lot. And until they stop happening to the Eagles a lot, I'm going to, you know, factor that in. And I don't feel like the depth, of players is there and that's a big issue for me when we talk about the roster. So I do think that that's a worry, you know, that the not just looking at the starters if they do this then then they'll have a great starting lineup. Maybe they will and it could be good, but then you have to factor in the who's playing when the starters get hurt cuz they'll get hurt. But re- it's true. regardless, I do agree with your point about the one linebacker thing. We saw the Eagles win a Super Bowl with one linebacker. Right, I mean Nigel Bradham yeah. was Hendricks
1: was okay. Was, it year, was okay.
0: Yeah. He was there, but like for in reality purposes, the best defense Eagles had that year was when it was Bradham out there and, and a bunch of you know defensive backs or whatever. So yep, um, I think that's a really good point, and I actually think Eric Wilson's going to be a good player for this team as well. I think he's a legit linebacker. Um, so I think this is a good list, Elliot. I think that the you know Harris and Wilson a little bit of a cop out.
1: Little bit of a cop-out, I agree. You put I JJ agree,
0: on the but... list, so I think that alone will, will let you slide. Well, let
1: me ask you this. Is there one guy you think of? So I was, I I was mean... just trying to think of it as, I mean, because
0: look, you can make it's the case. It's harder than you think. It's I mean. way harder. You can make the case. I, I think the, the left tackle, whether it's lot or Dillard, we talk about them a lot, but obviously whoever gets that job is going to be a very important swing player in terms of, yeah, will it really sure. be one of the best lines in football or will it be a good line that has a big weakness in it? You know what I mean? Um, yep. But we talk about those guys a lot. I think you did a good job of of kind of hitting on a lot of guys that we haven't spent as much time talking about, which is what I asked you to do. So I appreciate you for that. I think you did a great job with the list. I have nothing to rip you for, Elliot.
1: You know, if I ever go back to Temple one day and talk to journalism, you know, students and they ask me about how to do the job and ask me my strengths, I will say making lists is one of my strengths. Oh, but you're good at making lists. Yeah, you are a,
0: a list savant.
1: Now speaking It is something I'm very good at.
0: Speaking of your job and literally what you do. Some interesting news just coming out during the pod uh, for you, hmm. specifically, Excited people like you. Is. Yeah, Tom pelissaro tweeting out, uh, major developments for the media. Fully vaccinated media will be permitted to conduct in-person interviews with players for the first time since early 2020. Unvaccinated media will not be allowed in the press box, on the field, in the sidelines, or in the locker room. You are vaccinated, media, so that's pretty exciting, man. You'll be able to get back there and talk Ooh. to players face to face, not just the Zoom stuff. Um, so I know you had in the thought, locker room. In so. the that's what it's saying: the uh, 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 press box, field, sidelines, locker room. So I'm assuming that that at certain points, have yeah, post game, uh, here we go. Interviews will be conducted in person, provided the physical distancing must be maintained and the media members are fully vaccinated. Game day media access: wow. media access to the press box, the field, the sidelines, the locker room, and post game interview room. And again, all of you are vaccinated. So this is pretty big deal for you.
1: Yeah. So we're back. We're I mean, back. Basically back to normal. Now I do think things will, it'll will be. Di- it'll be a little different. different. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But and it'll still. be team by team. Like so there will be differences, but like I mean, look, we've talked about this a lot over the last year, like just how different things are. But it is still crazy to think we went through an entire Eagles season with basically no fans and not seeing any players yeah. in person. I mean, like it I like just even being back to Link next year. With, you know, sold out crowd. And then we'll do the pregame show outside the stadium, I assume. Like, I don't know. It's just super exciting. And I hope everybody, you know, we can do it safely and things remain on the upward trend as they are. But it is super awesome to see things start to go yeah, back to normal. It
0: really is. It really is. All right. Um, I mean, I've
1: never, I've never talked to Jalen Hurts like in person. Yeah. It's yet. crazy. Like, I've seen him on the practice field, but I've never been within like three feet of him. So, and I guess I still won't be. I'll still be six feet. But yeah, at least regardless, he- I,
0: you won't to have to the good thing with Hertz is when you do talk to him in person, you have to have that like like when you talk to Carson in person, you're like, Does he know what I say about him? With oh, Jalen, yeah. it's well, like I hope knows. he knows what I'm saying. Yeah. That must be yeah, well, awkward. Carson... As Elliot, for for the audience, like we don't talk a lot about that inside baseball stuff from that perspective. What is that like when you're like in a locker room talking face to you know on a Zoom thing they could see you. You're with them a face to face with a player you've ripped or a player
1: who you've called out or a player you've said stuff about. Like, what is that like? It's weird. Now that the thing is, you don't always know if they know, sure, right? Like, sure. so so Carson followed me on Twitter. I was one of like the few media members he followed. And for a long time, I was like, well, he probably just, you know, he probably just doesn't know he's following me. But he has since unfollowed me since he went to Indianapolis. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I guess maybe he did see my tweets. I don't know. I mean, I've never really had a player confront me about it. One player who I who did in a very polite and funny way, though, was Mark Sanchez. Like, really? one time I gave Mark Sanchez. I, think I liked Mark for-, for what it's
0: worth. When I, when I worked yeah, for the team, he was, team, he was there. He was yeah. a great dude.
1: He was. So I gave him an F for one day of I wrote like a whole article actually, basically saying, like, oh my God, this guy was absolutely terrible. <laughs> and so um, I'm walking from the Nova Care to my car. This is when we could still park in the parking lot. And like now we park further away. Um, and a car pulls up to me and he rolls down the window and it's Sanchez, and he's like it's like, Hey man, like I thought you, I I heard you thought I had a really bad day. And I'm like, Oh god. <laughs> and he was nice about it. He was yeah. saying like he was he said he was like playing video games and then somebody came up to him was like, Oh, I heard you were, you like sucked at practice today. And he was like, what? And then they like showed him the article. So it is weird. I mean, I, like I said, for the most part, everyone's always been super kind about it and super understanding, but like also there just is a part of it where it's like, you don't know who's reading what I think a lot of times players try to stay away from it rightfully. So I think that if I was a player, I would try to do that. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. A lot of them don't, I would say, don't take it personally. It feels like there's like a disconnect in that way between, uh, you know, we're all there. I'm like the same age as a lot of these players, or at least I used to be. I guess I'm a little older You're now. Old now, but- buddy. Yeah, I guess I'm not as old as the offensive line, yeah. but well, you're not as old as me either.
0: Anymore. So you can
1: take True. take solace in that. Yeah, you do what the coaches. Yeah, although yeah. this coaching staff's young. And Nick too, Sirianni
0: so. celebrating his happy birthday, coach his 40th birthday. Three months for me, we're gonna be celebrating my, my 40th coming up soon. So
1: ah, uh, we'll do something big for that. We
0: better, man. It's uh, you only turn 40 once. Uh, all right, and by that
1: I mean not a lot of drinking, <laughs> bed early. Yeah. You know. Dude, I can't handle it anymore. Uh,
0: all right, I know. Two last things before we get out of here. Uh, Mention Steven Nelson. Um, He's still unsigned, still out there. Uh, Have you heard anything, or do you think there is anything still potentially real there?
1: Um, Yeah, I think there's still a chance that they sign him. I know that they've had interest in him. The Eagles, it's weird. When you talk to people that deal with the Eagles, the Eagles just kind of, like, linger around, and you can never get an idea on how interested they are until the end, and then they'll just, like come in all of a sudden with a huge offer or they'll just, you know, bow out. So I think it's difficult to tell sometimes how interested they are, but they're certainly monitoring the situation and we'll see, uh, we'll see if they do it. I mean, you said earlier in the pod, we'll talk about it quickly. And I think it can be pretty quick in the way it's like, just go sign them. You know, like (laughs) just go sign them, like just go spend the money and sign them. You can find money elsewhere when you need to later, later on in the year, later on next off season, but they need a number two corner. He can be really good for them. Um, so I would definitely go sign him. So I would, that'd would be my suggestion to Howie. Howie, if you're listening, monitor the situation, but when it gets time to it, like pay to get him.
0: All right. Last thing before we get out of here. Uh, I know it feels like every pod we bring it up, but
1: here we go. It's still
0: true. Is Ertz, still an Eagle, Elliot? Anything new? I mean, maybe they'll bring him to training camp. Wow. Oh, so right? you're, you're like, starting to, starting to say, Oh, he might be here to start. No, to start, to trade. I know, I do trade. I know. you him. don't think he'll be on the team to start the season. I, I meant to, to, but then start again,
1: him. I mean, it's been all off season, and, I, and I'm not really on an island. Like, everyone, everyone, I might listen to your show, like, whenever you have other beat reporters on, like, I hear I'm on the radio, like, everyone thinks he's gone. So, I still believe, like, I still believe he is gone, but we've been saying that for almost six months now. And so, I, I think he will be gone. I'm still putting it at like zero percent, but. I could definitely be wrong. I mean, once he gets to training camp, like if he's in training camp practicing, he's being a good soldier about it. Like at that point, you really could just keep him if you wanted, like you really could. Now the risk of letting him practice is if he hurts himself, then you're stuck with him. But that, I mean, if once you've gone this far, bring him into training camp and seeing if you can get a better offer, it does make some sense.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it really does at this point. Again, you know, I'm shocked. He's still here, but he is still here and he's
1: under contract
0: and you know, if you're not getting what you want for him, like there's—I mean, look, it's nice for Zach Ertz if you release him and let him go where he wants to go and all that. It doesn't do anything for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's clearly the line they're taking. So, uh, it's going yeah, really to be interesting interested to see how
1: good it is for Zach Ertz if he gets released. Oh, that too. You know? But I mean,
0: you figure it'd be—I be- mean, if he doesn't want to be here, then in that perspective, it's better. But I know what you mean. Like, even now, getting released now, it's already like, well, everyone's already filled their holes. Everyone's already signed guys and all that. Like, it's a. It's not a
1: great spot for Zach Ertz, no matter what, at this point. Right. Yeah. I agree. He it's not a situation that's played out well for him, unfortunately. And hopefully it turns out better for him. But if I were him, I would consider staying here. I mean, the only difference would be you're gonna be the backup, but I don't know how many plays that are gonna make you the starter. Yeah, and you get so. to play
0: with Deshaun Watson. So Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
1: You get to play with Deshaun Watson.
0: All right. Um, yes. check us out Saturday, one to three WIP. Uh it, I'm sure we'll figure something out to talk about, (laughs) but I think we will, we will, we will will. Uh, give us a call. We love when we hear from our uh, our podcast listeners on their show. Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of
1: here? Yeah. So for the first time, really since COVID began, I got my hair cut short again. Oh, oh, oh,
0: it has been, it has been flowing, my friend.
1: Yes, I I had the long hair flowing. I did for really first time in a very long time, like maybe since like middle school. But I got it cut completely short again. And look, we should all remain safe, all that stuff. But now that my hair is short again, I kind of feel like the pandemic's over.
0: Uh, look, uh, it, it's obviously not quite, you know, what I mean, but it does look. Things, I haven't checked
1: with the CDC yet. Yeah, but,
0: but it look things again. If you're vaccinated, it, it's starting to feel normal again. I, I know that I, yes, you know, yes. we we get to not wear masks in our office anymore, and like I know when I go to take my dogs out, and I don't have to wear a mask, and all that kind of stuff. It is. Um, It's awesome. It feels good. It feels, it feels great. Like on so many levels, it feels great. The existential dread that was just consuming us and me, I'm sure. And all others or many others for a year. It just, it's, it's dissipating. And, uh, and you know, obviously it's been a horrible year and we've lost so many and there's no, there's no upside to this whole thing, but it does feel like we're starting to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel, feel the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and it's, um, it's really exciting. You're right, i e, uh, I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm and, with you.
1: And my hair's short again. So, Which is a beautiful
0: know. thing, my friend. A beautiful, thing. It is a beautiful thing. thing. Well, is. you'll
1: find out on Saturday if it's a beautiful thing it's, when you see it. I'm sure it will, I'm be. hoping. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah.
0: When don't you look good, Elliot? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. (laughs) amen. All right, uh, my final thought. We said it before, but happy birthday, Coach. 40's a big one, man. 40's a big one. Someday Nick Sirianni will be on this podcast. We'll make that happen at some point, I think, I hope. Um, And I'll wish him a a happy 40th whenever that happens. Maybe it'll be with with my 40th. Maybe on your 40th Wouldn't that be something? Coach, how's it feel to be 40? I'm 40 now, too. We're like that. You want to be best friends? I'll give him one. Of I those. think he would give like an enthusiastic happy I think, birthday. I think so too. You know what? He seems like a yeah. great, a great guy. Like I, yeah, I, I want to hang with
1: Nick Sirianni.
0: So maybe something. You should
1: have me your 40th birthday party. I should,
0: Elliot. I should, you, you know him now. You've, you've fist bumped him. Come on. Up. I'll bring on it you. up to him. <laughs> all right. Uh, check us out on Saturday. Of course, we'll be back next week with the pods and all that. And, uh, Thank you to all you wonderful listeners. Like we wouldn't do this without you, so we, you make it run, and we appreciate you and we love you. And he's Eliam James. We'll talk to you soon.